You've heard about flipping houses, but have you heard about flipping blogs? Let's talk about it. You're listening to Inbox Besties, the only little guy approved podcast that gives you dangerously practical advice for turning internet randos into subscribers with benefits. You know, the kind that pop open their wallets and throw fistfuls of cash at you for your courses and, and coaching, not like that other stuff. Perf. Now let's get to it. Oh, welcome back, my inbox besties, besties. Kate Doster here of katedoster.com. And as always, I am beyond excited to be in your ear holes today because we are talking about a topic that I never have covered. So we've talked about blogging a little bit, but since that's not really my main form of content creation, we don't talk about it too, too much. But I did want to tell you about something that I found out from one of my friends and online buddies, Chelsea Clark. So Chelsea actually builds blogs to sell. So she will build up the traffic. She will build up the assets as you're about to hear about in the interview. And then she will go and sell. Like I've heard about people paying like astronomical amounts of money for like domains, but this is like selling and transferring like actual assets of business. So especially if you are thinking that, you know what, rather than having a personal brand or something of that. I'd rather have something called a niche site. That's what one of my students, Mike, calls them, where basically, you know, I pick a topic that say I'm kind of interested in. It's not like all like say tied up to Kateland. Um, we get some really great articles. We get some really great SEO. We got some really great affiliate income, maybe create a small product or two. Again, nothing tied to you necessarily personally, and then you can just sell it. And so it's a really interesting model. And so I wanted to bring on Chelsea to talk about it because we were chatting and I'm like, hold up y'all. Like we need to record this. People need to know. So in this interview, you're going to find out exactly what blog flipping is, how you can actually do it, the assets and things that you need, basically what will make your blog valuable. And you're going to hear a really moving and personal story from Chelsea that I'm just so honored that she decided to tell us because it's not something that most people would go about doing. So without further ado, let's talk about selling them blogs. Y'all, I am so excited to have Chelsea talk about a topic that I just think is so interesting. And honestly, I don't think that I've heard a podcast about this in a really long time, especially in the online space, because as we were talking about before I hopped on, most people want to have personal brands, but Chelsea, you're actually kind of got your start, like flipping niche websites and all that. So before we get into actually what flipping is, um, niche websites in general, because some people might not have heard the term. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell people about you? Hey, okay. Well, thank you, Kate, so much for having me. This is um, so much fun. And I'm a big fan of your podcast and I've been on your email list forever too. So it's <laughs> honor to get to be here. Um, yeah. So that, that's what I do. So I got started in um, online business a couple of years back. Actually, I'd say more like a decade ago, I was always trying to figure out what I could develop and sell, whether it was online or even, you know, like finding furniture and flipping it on Craigslist for, you know, X out when I was putting myself through university, like I was always trying to find side hustles and things. And then when I found myself in uh, digital marketing and blogging, that's when I really realized like, wow, you can connect so many dots with creativity, tech, um, marketing, strategy, all of these things that I love doing. It all comes into one house in, uh, in blogging. And so I started developing sites and then selling them because 
I mean, I'm a Gemini. I, I get excited about things and I don't want to commit to it forever. I like to, you know, focus on a creative thing for a little bit and then move on to the next thing. So buying and selling websites is like the perfect thing for that type of personality, I would say, because you really do. You get to come up with an idea, create a digital product for something and then sell it on and move on to something completely different. So yeah, I got my start, just kind of dove right in. I did go to school for marketing, but, um, and, and that definitely helps, but you don't need to uh, go to school for this kind of stuff. So yeah, that's me in a nutshell. I absolutely love that. I love the, the Gemini aspect of it. It's like, yep, I can see that. So before we get into the whole process about how you actually really start a blog to sell, as opposed to start a blog to really grow your personal brand and your platform, we always like to ask guests here on Inbox Besties about your McDonald's moment, whether it was a time when you were running this current business, maybe when you were in the process of trying to flip a blog, when you're just like, screw this, I would just rather go work at McDonald's. I am done though. So could you take us back to one of those moments and kind of let us know like a specific time and also where you were in your entrepreneurial journey, beginning and last week? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So Seven years ago, I was a broke waitress. So I wasn't working at McDonald's, but I may as well have been because I was not making good money and I was working so hard, but I was trying to build a drop shipping, uh, sorry, drop shipping business online and everything sort of fell all at once. So I was working uh, my waitressing job by night. I had a marketing job by day. I was trying to build this drop shipping business. And then I fell out of a bad relationship and I needed a place to live. I didn't have a savings fund at this time, very irresponsible. And I got laid off from my marketing job and it all happened at once. And I was like, "Uh oh, like this is when I realized I have been so silly to not have a savings fund, an emergency fund for one. I'm so irresponsible by not focusing on my drop shipping business, like uh, having to rely on an employer. I realized that employment was way too risky. And I found an ad on Craigslist that was um, for an office building for rent and it had Wi-Fi and 24 hour access. And I was in a pinch. So I signed right up and I secretly lived there for a few months while I was building up my online business and um, trying to save up so that I could get a proper apartment. And so that is really where it was the toughest, but it taught me the most about persevering and working through it. And you're going to have those struggles because in any type of entrepreneur path that you're on, there's going to be times when it feels like everything just falls out and you're going to be like giving, wanting to give up. Why did I start doing this? It's so much work, but you have to hold on to that little glimmer of hope, knowing that you're going to see it through. And that thing that lights you up and makes you excited to jump out of bed, even if you are crashing on a couch at, uh, you know, at an office building and you have to get out at 6 a.m. before the owner shows up and discovers you living there. Like, you know, whatever situation you're in, you just hold on to that little thing that is telling you, like, keep working, keep building your online business because it will work. If you treat it like a job, it will eventually become your job. So there's just so much that I would like to unpack there. So if people <laughs> aren't familiar with the term drop shipping, that's where you have relationships with like wholesalers. I know some people can do that sort of on Amazon where like you build your website, you sell a sink and then you go to the wholesaler and like that's sort of it. So you don't have inventory. So is that yes. kind of a correct 
Yes, that is exactly it. You build a website and you put pictures up of products that you don't actually own physically. People come to your website, they buy that product. And then once they send that money to your PayPal, you go to your supplier in China or wherever it is, and you have them ship the product directly to that customer. So you don't have to deal with inventory or shipping and you can charge you know, whatever you want for the product. And then you just take the, uh, the end amount after you've bought it from the supplier. Gotcha. So when you were, I don't know, we'll say it's like one o'clock in the morning and you're staring up at the ceiling of the office space that you are looking at, what are the thoughts running through your head? Yeah. I mean, that was such a crazy time and it's true. You're looking up at the ceiling, you know, it's like popcorn ceiling and (laughs) fluorescent lights. And you're thinking, what have I got myself into? I was really just thinking how excited I was to work on my website. I was so um, just lit up and feeling creative about that, that it didn't really seem so bad, the actual living situation that I was in, because I was able to save some money. Renting an office space is much less than an apartment in Vancouver, BC, which is a really expensive city. And it gave me that opportunity to just get a little bit ahead. I was able to save on some expenses, and put that money into growing that business. Now, I don't run that business anymore, but it definitely got my toes wet into online business. And from then I moved on to other things and content marketing and developing sites for the purpose of selling. But yeah, in those moments, you're thinking, you know, it is bad, but you're not thinking about how bad it really is because you're thinking about the future and where it's going to take you. So something that my husband had asked once was how do you know the difference between a student that's going to succeed and somebody that isn't, or like who's really an entrepreneur and who isn't the sheer fact that when you were looking up at that ceiling, like, I'm sure there might've been a little moments where like, Oh my goodness, like what's happening. But it was a sheer answer. And the look on her face, if you guys could see it when she was like, I was so excited for what I was doing. I'm just like, Chelsea is an entrepreneur. I do not think that it's one of those like you have to be born or not born, but if we were born one, I would definitely say that Chelsea is an entrepreneur through and through (laughs) because you were brave enough to stomach the lows. And I don't think that a lot of people are brave enough really to be able to stomach those lows. So just thank you so much for sharing about that time. Cause I'm sure it's not like, yeah, everybody like listen to this. Oh so- yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't put me in the coolest light, you know, but <laughs> that's okay. No one's trying to be cool here. Like this is real life and there's ups and downs. And that's part of, you know, the, the, your growth story, the things that you struggled through. And if anyone's listening and they're, they're in that, those dumps right now, those are the things that you're going to put in your book later. Those are the things that are going to, you know, people are going to look at and feel uplifted hearing you speak about later when you're sharing those successes that you'll have down the road. Excellent. Now let's get into the meat of the interview. Although I could talk about that whole situation all day. I just think people's stories are fascinating. So what is actually, now I know that we've tossed around the phrase niche site and selling sites and flipping sites, but one of the phrases that you just used was building a site to sell. So could you explain a little bit about I guess, starting at the beginning, like what's one of the key differences between like a normal blog and like a site to sell? Definitely. So if you're starting up a blog and you're thinking about it's going to be your blog that you're going to write for a while, you're probably starting it not necessarily thinking about 
profitability right from day one. You might just be thinking about writing and content and growing it and maybe growing your social media and that's all great. But if you're starting from the beginning where you're thinking, I'm going to sell this, then you want to be in the mindset of, I need to make this site bring in money and have traffic and grow quickly because if you want to sell it you don't want it you you don't want to be at the wheel forever running it forever you want to make that quick profit so i would say focus on what you can do to generate income quickly so things like um, creating your own digital product that's something i always 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 recommend if you have a blog and you want to sell it what sort of tangible thing can you create to go with it? And something like an online course or an ebook, templates, anything like that, that's really going to help you to look a lot better when you go to sell it. If you can have a history of six months to a year showing that you've made some income, even if it's just, you know, $100 a month, that's, that could really help you down the line when it's time to sell. And um, things like ad revenue, that's good too. If you can get lots of traffic coming in, ad revenue is great. And of course, affiliate marketing, I always, always suggest like focus on making those affiliate commissions and working with brands that really make sense for the niche of your site. And that's a point too, I want to say is when you're creating a site with the intention to sell, you want to niche down and focus on one topic. You don't want it to be, I mean, you could, it could be a lifestyle blog. Lifestyle blogs do sell, but it's a lot easier to monetize a site that is really niche down. So, and that was actually going to be my next question. It's like, you can read my mind. I've taken like a million notes here. So <laughs> um, when you're building something to sell, and I was honestly a little shocked that you had said create a digital product or digital course. Cause I always thought that was reserved for the people that wanted to build a personal brand off of a blog. So I think that that is really interesting that you want them to create a digital product. Cause what I was just thinking was ads affiliate income. So I think that that's really interesting, but when it comes to, to niching down, I like that you said narrower is better. So that's really great. How do you decide, and I know you have a proprietary process for this over at the website blogs to sell, but how do you figure out like what niche should you build it around? Like, do you do it around like things that you love? Is there like a formula for what's like profitable? And then of course I have other questions about this traffic quickly, monetize quickly, because everyone's got questions about those regardless. Definitely. Yeah. So I think that when you're creating a niche site, keyword research is so important. I mean, for any site, you want to do your keyword research and write with SEO in mind. But when you're thinking about you're creating it for the point of selling it, it's even more important because that's going to help you with the type of articles you're going to write, the type of products you'll end up creating. You'll really want to know who your audience is. And that all comes back to doing that initial keyword research, seeing what people are typing into Google, seeing what people are saying in Facebook groups, you know, going in and asking people, surveying your audience. If you have an audience already, what are they wanting? What, what are they struggling with in a specific niche? And that's the one part of it. But the other side of it is it should also be something that you personally have experience in somewhat, or you're willing to really learn because it's going to be a lot harder to monetize and create and look at something all the time if you don't personally have some sort of interest in it. So your own expertise that you can put on any type of niche. And I mean, I've seen people who have courses about how to make sourdough bread. And you know, with last year with COVID and everything, suddenly everyone wants to make sourdough bread. 
this guy came out with a course about that and it sold like hotcakes. So, you know, I think a lot of the time when we're thinking, well, what kind of digital product should I create? We'll over, we'll overthink it. We really mm-hmm. need to just simplify, pick one little point of the niche or of the topic and teach that or write an ebook about that one specific thing. And on the speaking of monetization side, when you're looking to sell your site, you probably don't want to sell a site that is really focused on services. Like if you provide a service, um, maybe you build websites or you do Pinterest management or VA services, that sort of thing. That's great. But you have to remember that the people who are going to be coming to look at potentially buy your site, they'll want something that is passive or something that they can easily replicate. And if it's mainly earning in services, those buyers, they would have to also either be able to perform those same services and have those skills or pay to have someone else perform those services when they own the site. So that's why I say focus on more passive things like digital products, affiliate and ad revenue. That makes so much sense. So I have to ask, so I know that last year you had sold one of your sites. It was what, for 350,000, something like that, which most of us are like, oh, that's bananas. Could you let us know a little bit about, and I'm not saying like everyone, oh, go build a website. That's this niche. But could you tell us a little bit about like what it was about and maybe like some of the assets that it has? And then yes, everyone, I will ask, where does she sell them? Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I haven't sold a singular site for $350,000. I um, I have that in my plan for this year, but I have not closed a deal on a 351 yet. But I mean, we've sold ones that are $70,000 US and, um, you know, around in that market. And we've also Ooh. sold ones that sell for $1,000. So that's the exciting thing about it. I think when people think, okay, selling my blog, I'm going to have to get it earning, you know, $5,000 a month, and then it'll be eligible for sale. But that's not the case. There are buyers in every market. So even if you have a starter site, maybe it's making $25 a month, but your content is really, really great. You can sell that. Like think about the assets that it does have. Of course, the revenue is going to be the most important for the for determining the asking price. But if you're getting incredible traffic or you have a huge email list with this site or your content is just awesome and it would be easy for a buyer to come in and just add their affiliate links, that's still um, gonna help you in your sale. So selling the big ones, it's always exciting. I mean, when we have those listings come in and uh, like just last week, there was um, a mom blog that we had and it was getting significant traffic. It was on Mediavine. So it was earning Mediavine income and it was getting about, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, but I think it was about 40,000 sessions um, a month. And that one's actually sold for $41,000. And it was, I think it was listed for five days it got a couple multiple offers and then that one closed really quickly. And I think the thing that people really connected with the most wasn't that it was making the income from Mediavine, although that's great. It was that the content was so good. They had been writing articles for a number of years. There was so much in there that the new buyer could just come put their name on and then continue running and profiting from. So it was like an easy transition for a new buyer to come and do. So if you're, you're looking at your own site, think of what you could do to make it easy for someone else to take over. If you're creating it from start too, like we were just talking about with the intention of selling it, you're not going to want to put your personal name on maybe, 
or you will, but you could just put it in one place in the sidebar, one photo of you that can be replaced or create an alias, put a stock photo of someone there. So it's not even you. And think about that when you're creating your, your courses and your eBooks, it doesn't have to be your persona because when you sell it, the new owner, they will take over whatever is on the site, right? So you might not want to have your persona go with the site. So that's what I would say to focus. <laughs> that makes so much sense. So I have to ask, um, if you don't mind sharing, cause you might not be able to, um, what were some of the, so you said there was a, a mom blog. What are some of the other niches that, you know, you guys have sold or even ones that you've sort of built up. And then the other question that I have is how much content is usually has to be on these sites as well. Those are great questions. So, um, I would say for the content, there's really it's quality over quantity really. But if you have 30 articles, that's typically a starter site. Mm -hmm. So anywhere up from there, if you have more, if you have hundreds of articles, great. Are the, are the articles well-written? Are they ranking on search engines? You know, there's a lot of other variables to, um, to consider in that. And then your other question about different niches, anything to do with uh, product reviews is always a really hot niche that buyers are looking for. Anything mm -hmm. that is in the finance niche, something that teaches people how to make or save money, that's always desirable. Um, we also, something like a, a pet niche, that's really um, favorable of what, as well right now. People are liking those sort of Amazon affiliate um, sites that are about a specific product. So in the pets niche, if it reviews pet toys, you know, something like that, that um, can be really popular. And of course, anything in tech, because the commissions can be good if you're working directly with a brand for um, electronics and things like that, if you have a tech review site. And mom blogs, of course, mom blogs too, but mom blogs with the purpose of teaching something. So not just a mom blog where you talk about your day and your kids and what you ate, you know, but more so where you're teaching something like teaching how to cook a specific thing or how to budget a specific way. If you can be more specific with your mom blog, then you're going to have an easier time selling it. Are you sending buckets of free value every single week to your email list, but nobody's opening? Or maybe you know that the key to writing emails that people want to feverishly refresh their inboxes for is the fact that you need to add your personality, but you are so boring. Even white bread is like mm, too dull for me there, son. Then you want to make sure that you head on over to katedoster.com forward slash free training. When you do, you'll be able to sign up for my on-demand free training, the cookie method, how to write emails so good they lick their screen, where you're going to learn the single type of freebie that took one of the students of Love Your List to over 7,000 new subscribers in one year when it literally took her seven years to get her first 1,000. You're also, of course, going to learn how to write those emails oozing with personality, even if you've gotten on and the single greatest copywriting technique that has generated myself and my students well over $2 million worth of product sales. And it does nothing to do with timers or even adding testimonials and spoiler alert. They've actually used this to generate thousands of dollars when they didn't have a product themselves. So head on over to katedoster.com forward slash free training now, or go ahead and click the link below. 
That makes more sense. So much more sense. So, all right, we decide on, again, one of those niches, whether it's the product review, the finances, something else that we're just generally curious of, but we've also done our market research, um, our SEO. Um, You guys know that I'm a big fan of Mike and his stupid, simple SEO course. So we'll have a link down below. He's got a webinar that you guys can check out about that. We've done all of those sorts of things. We have, you know, more than 30 articles. Um, you know, is this one of these things where like we're publishing like three times a week? Um, are we hiring it out? But it, it's getting done. Let's just say that. So there's a healthy amount of content. Um, and we realize, you know, what? we're ready to sell. Where do we go? How do we post in like a Facebook group, like a Craigslist ad? <laughs> hey guys, do you want my personal finance blog? I have Mediavine, which for the record, guys, Mediavine is an ad agency. Um, it's kind of like Google AdSense, but they are more particular. You have to have higher sessions, like people actually looking at things and all that. So in case you're not familiar with that, that's what it is. It's just a more premier ad service. So what what do we do? Where, where do we go? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I would say when you are about to uh, consider it's time to sell, first, make sure that this whole time that you've been doing all of this work, you've been tracking your profit and loss. And this can just be a simple spreadsheet that you have in Google Drive, what you spend in a month and what the site earns in a month. And you just want to have a monthly check-in to make sure that you're keeping track of this because when it's up for sale, buyers are going to want to see this so that they can get a clear idea of where money's coming in and where it's going out so they can factor in what their own expenses might be. So expenses could be your email service provider, your hosting, um, maybe some software that you use. Typically, when a site is moved to a new owner, it just gets moved to their own hosting. So they would just have their own hosting expenses, but you still include it in your profit and loss sheet. And the other thing, too, that you should be doing is when you have a site that has a digital product that you're selling, it's going to really help you make more sales. So if you have it set up in a proper funnel, so something introductory that is being offered, maybe you have an ad running to it and then it uh, has an upsell where they can buy a more full priced offer, just something working behind the scenes, bringing in sales so that you're not always getting up every day and sitting there trying to make sales just so that your site has revenue. You have to have something automatic and evergreen working behind the scenes. So when you are ready to sell it now, you have a few different options. So there are a few online marketplaces you can go to. You could go into Facebook groups like Kate said, or you could work with a broker like myself. So I run blogsforsale.co, which is an online marketplace for content creators and investors to buy and sell websites. And we sell established sites and starter sites. And basically, I am just there to connect you with my network of buyers and help you sell your site. And I provide the legal contracts for the sale and I provide the escrow account for the transaction. And these are certain steps that you're just going to need to protect yourself in your sale. Because if you do go and sell it on your own, you have to be very careful of who you're selling it to. You have to properly verify them just like they'll be doing their due diligence on your site for their own uh, requirements. You should be also looking into make sure that they're the right buyer for you. Whereas a broker will be able to handle that and they'll be able to handle the legal agreements and the escrow. Now, this is a hot tip and I have to tell everybody this. If you are selling your site, do not use PayPal. 
always go through an escrow service, whether you pay for it yourself or if you're working with a broker like me, we cover that. But you have to make sure that you use a secure third party for that transaction. Because if you don't, I think online, you know, people who sell things online, we've all seen, we've sold something on PayPal and then the buyer decides they didn't get it or they want to be sneaky and bad. And then they have a, a refund. They issue themselves a refund. Basically they have a claim and PayPal does not offer sellers that protection. So you could get ripped off. So always use escrow where there is proper protection for you in your transaction, especially if you're selling something that you've done all this work for and the price tag, you might be selling it for $60,000. I mean, the first site that I sold of my own, it was a one-year-old beauty blog and I sold it for $50,000. If I had gone through PayPal, I would have really put myself at a serious risk. So, mm-hmm. you know, just do it right. Get um, your legal contracts or use a lawyer if you have someone already. And there's going to be a lot of other things that are going to come into play. Like maybe you have a trademark for your website that's going to need transferring. You know, there's a lot of other things that you might not consider that um, just working with the pros can really help you with. But either way, you can put your site up for sale and start talking to people. Buyers will want to see your Google Analytics. So that's very common. You'll just add them with read-only access to your analytics so that they can verify the traffic. They're going to ask you how much time you spend on your site. And that's because they want to understand how much time they might have to invest into working on the site. You know, again, people want passive. And we all know there's nothing truly 100% passive even if you have a digital product, it took the time originally to create it. So people want to know how much time am I going to be putting on myself if I buy this person's website? Mm-hmm. And of course, they're going, to, they're going to want to see your revenue proof. You can't just put numbers and say, oh yeah, maybe I made you know X amount this month, but you really have to keep track of all of those affiliate sales and you can show screenshots from your, sh- your share sale account or, you know, whatever affiliate programs you're in. And you're, you'll just want to show all the buyers that so that they have confidence and they understand where everything is coming from. And once you have everything up out on the table and you're completely upfront about it, it's just going to really help you in the sale either way. Honesty is the best policy. I absolutely love that. So there's so much to unpack there, but I love how you talked about the legal aspects of things. And as soon as you had said it, the one tip about the PayPal, I was like, yeah, like, because those, those things can definitely happen. I mean, we're very fortunate because Alex has a privilege to be able to get to pay me. So we've never had anybody go that route. Uh, One person did and she's like, oh yeah, it wasn't for your product. I'm so sorry. She's like, I loved yours. So like, that was like over, but I can definitely say, like you said, $50,000, you know, because what PayPal gives people like what, 60, 90 days even to claw back. So it could have been a full quarter. And she's like, uh, what? Yeah. (laughs) And then PayPal holds funds and it's a whole thing. And I would say if you're looking for, you know, reputable escrow accounts, obviously just follow Chelsea and go to her websites. Like she'll be able to hook you guys up with all of the places to go and see. And again, I wasn't even thinking like, oh, like trademarks. And this is why it's, you know, really important. And I feel like once you probably, once you start doing this, the more you're going to probably want to end up doing it kind of like, you know, it's like, oh, like you see the process once you go with a professional like Chelsea and her staff. And then you're like, okay, like, yep. This is, this is how it works. So, 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 so great. So um, the one last question that I have before we wrap this up, because it was such an amazing interview, 
is, and I did say I'd bring it up. You mentioned about getting a lot of traffic quickly. Are you relying on things like Pinterest or like ads, or is it just like SEO? So search engine optimization, is it a variety? Like, how do you suggest? Cause I think everyone wants lots of traffic fast. Of course. It's always the thing we need the most. And it's always the hardest thing to get is more traffic. Mm-hmm. I am such a nerd for Pinterest. So at the same time, when you were creating content, always focus on SEO and write with great keywords and, you know, just really put that effort in. But as we know, it takes some time, especially if your website is brand new, you're going to be in a sandbox. It's going to take a while to start ranking. Not always, but usually it will take some time. So you, while that is happening in the background and you're waiting and you're working, you could also be sending traffic a lot quicker to your site by using Pinterest. I know Kate, you love Pinterest too. And you know, if you focus on pinning all of your blog content and your sales pages and your opt-in forms and, you know, using great keywords on Pinterest, that's really going to help you as well. And I'm a big believer in promoting when it makes sense. So if you have a great offer going on, you have a great, maybe um, a a low price offer, even you have a $27 offer that you're trying to sell from this website, send promoted pins right to that page and get people coming to that page. Facebook and Instagram ads can be really great too. You don't have to spend too much. And in fact, I actually prefer Pinterest. It's a, it seems to be a little bit more affordable for, um, for what you get out of it. But I, I do love Facebook ads as well. But it just gives you that little bump to get ahead. And when we want to grow our traffic quickly, then promote, uh, paying to play and promoting can really help you do that. Just uh, words of advice would be don't promote right to a blog post unless you have some great call to action to get people on your list. You have some sort of freebie or something to give away. And Kate, you're, you are a pro at this, <laughs> but yeah, anything you are sending with paid traffic, make sure that you can convert them on something so that you can then uh, email them, of course, and uh talk to them for free next time. So you're not just sending paid traffic there. They read your blog post, they go away and they're lost. You're really focusing on building your list along the way. All right. I absolutely love this. So where can people hang out with you? Where can they hear from you? How can they get more Chelsea into their lives? Well, thank you so much, Kate, for having me. And I I do want to say that Kate is going to be on my podcast as Mm -hmm. well. So we're doing a little tradesy. So you can catch Kate on the Her Paper Root podcast coming up soon as well. Um, But you can find me at herpaperroot.com. That's where I share marketing and blogging entrepreneurship goodies. And then if you're more interested in buying and selling websites, come and find me at blogsforsale.co. And I do have a free gift if it's all right to mm-hmm. mention, you go to herpaperroot.com slash toolkit. I've created a resource kit for bloggers and entrepreneurs who want to scale their businesses without doing more work. So I'm sharing some marketing, Pinterest marketing and content marketing tips in there. There's some courses, eBooks and templates that are all free. And then you'll get to be on my list too. And then we can chat there. I will not spam you. I won't send you crap, but I will send you some really great, interesting uh, emails once a week. You really, really, truly do. So I am so excited. And obviously we'll have a link to everything that we've talked about and the podcast. I love your podcast. I think it's a really great one. I love this too. I can't wait. 
(laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Kate. This is so much fun. Bye. Wasn't that a great interview? I absolutely love Chelsea and how, I don't want to say that it it seems simple because it is like she did lay out sort of the map work for us. And I love, love, love her service about sort of being a matchmaker because that was, again, one of my biggest concerns. I've never, since I'm not a natural writer per se, I've never been drawn to like flipping niche sites, if you will. But it's so nice to know that having that aggregate, that middleman, it's not that, you know, someone is like running away with stuff. I just feel like having that sort of middle escrow account, like when you're buying a house, it just seems so much safer. Um, you know, the biggest thing that Chelsea brought up in the interview, which I think was the concern is that, so say that you sell your blog to somebody, you give them all of like the logins, the assets, all of that sort of stuff. And then they pay via PayPal and they do a chargeback. And PayPal sides with them. And then you're screwed because you're out all of that stuff that you have. And now you have a legal suit. So I just think that it's absolutely so smart. So remember guys, when you are going to do this, if this is a business model you choose, which you might absolutely love this business model. I know a lot of people do. So make sure that when you are at that stage, when you are ready to getting to sell that you do do your due diligence, that whether you go with Chelsea's company or whether you go with another one, I would definitely look for some type of escrow company. It is worth that legal protection. Cause yes, there is going to be a minor fee, but I mean, think about it. Say if you sold your blog, you know, even if it's, you know, quote a small one, right. You just like sell 2000 here, 2000 there. And then someone does that charge back because I think PayPal, you've got almost 90 days to do one. So like you're out, you're so, so out at that point. And that's why having that sort of middle account, if you will, that you get with an escrow company, I think is so important. So if you guys were like, Chelsea Clark. That seems familiar. She was in our back to business bundle. She didn't talk about blog flipping and that she was talking about something else, which is why we decided to wait to air this interview until a little bit after the back to business bundle. So you weren't really confused. And yes, we are bringing back the back to business bundle this year. We're going to have some new gifts. I'm very, very excited, but you'll just have to wait until the fall to see what's coming. And I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for having Inbox Besties in your ear holes today. Why don't we go ahead and make it a regular thing? Go ahead and slap that subscribe button now. And while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and take a screenshot and tag me over on your Instagram stories, Kate underscore Doster, so that way I can give you a shout out for being a bestie of the week. Later days.